Welcome to the HR Empowerment Podcast, where we will uncover strategies and new insights from HR professionals who discuss up-to-date regulations, best practices, and the most pressing topics like diversity and equity, leadership, dealing with difficult situations, and much more that affect your bottom line and business. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Wendy Sellers here, the HR lady with JC. Hi. We're talking about discrimination and harassment, and, you know, we're, we're getting to the point where we want to talk about the state laws. So hopefully you realize by now that the federal law covers a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, but many, many states said, you know what, it doesn't cover enough. We're going to go on our own and we're going to create additional laws. So if you learn nothing today, hopefully you learn something. But first of all, that you have to have a policy and you have to do training. But make sure that you are looking into the states where your employees work. They might work in one state and live in another, but where they work and find out, is there specific laws for those states? Uh, it's usually around training, but it's also around policies. If you have if you have employees that are spread out across the country, you mean may need to have different handbooks. Big time. I'd like to take you immediately to Utah, Wendy. And then after that, let's stop by Colorado. Over in Utah, employers cannot print or circulate statements, advertisements, or publications, use job applications, or make pre-employment inquiries that directly express any limitations, specification, or discrimination regarding protected status categories, unless these actions are based on a bona fide occupational qualification, BFOQ. BFOQs are employee characteristics that are necessary to operations or essential to the employer's business. Utah, back to you. Interesting enough, you mentioned Colorado. Colorado has very similar laws as well about prints. So very specific where the EEOC doesn't go, their law doesn't spell that out. But I'm, I'm, I'm willing to bet a case has spelled that out that says, yes, advertisement or uh, attracting candidates also means print or digital ads. Uh, Colorado was uh, one of the states that added very specific definition of racial discrimination to include discrimination against hair texture, hair type, or a protective hairstyle that is commonly or historically associated with a certain race. Very, very interesting. Where do you think that might come in handy? Restaurants? Hotels? Mm, anywhere around St. Patrick's Day, really. Red hair is, <laughs> is pretty predominant in certain parts of the country. <laughs> um, yes, I don't think that's what it meant, but that is but a it very could be. good point. <laughs> it could be, though. It could be. Okay, look, uh, down in Texas, employers can apply different terms, conditions, and privileges of employment which aren't discriminatory based on protected status categories to employees who work in different locations. Apply such differences under bona fide seniority systems, merit systems, or employee benefits plans that aren't intended to evade fair employment practice law. Adopting policies prohibiting the employment of individuals who currently use or possess a controlled substance. If the policies don't discriminate based on membership in a protected class, engage in practices that would otherwise be prohibited by the Fair Employment Practices Law, or if they establish that the practices aren't intended to evade the law and are justified, 
by a business necessity. And it continues to go on to further justify uh, BFOQs after that as well. I found it really intriguing, though, in Texas there, uh, the emphasis on the uh, current possession of controlled substances. It was pretty wild. The other thing with Texas is I'm on a, a right on the Texas uh, government website. There is a, a section called uh, things employers wish they never said. <laughs> and I thought this was awesome. Um, what did that, you find? Oh, it, well, they and they have everything from, you know, racial discrimination, national origin discrimination, all the way down to the genetic information that that we've talked about briefly. But, you know, there was one here, a question that obviously an employer said at one point or asked and said, hey, uh, do you prefer being called black, African-American or what? Brown, Hispanic, what do you want to be called? And Texas is very clear that says this shows far too much preoccupation with their ethnicity or skin color versus doing the job they were hired to do. Oh, Oh, wow. Just call them by their name. Just call them by their name. Or if you go by titles, call them, call them by their titles. The other ones would, that, would you know, Boomer I want to be a title. Is Boomer a title? Boomer is not a title. Not a title. That is, it is an insult unless it happens to be somebody's nickname and they're okay with it. There it you is. Have to be, you have to be very careful not to assume that somebody else who's in that generation is okay with you calling them that. And the reason I bring that up, Wendy, is because we do have these generational divides at work, and uh, some people may feel it's okay to use that term, and sometimes, really, it's not a good idea. You probably shouldn't be doing that. And furthermore, JC, I know you and I are, you know, talking about boomers, which obviously would be over the age of 40 at this point in our life, which is protected under EEOC, but many states also have uh, laws that say all ages are protected. But mm-hmm. I want to go even a step further. I don't even care about the law at this point. How about you just talk to the person like a human and yeah. not make any assumptions based on their age? So even if it's legal to, uh, I don't know, make fun of somebody because they're a millennial or a Gen Z, you really shouldn't because then you may get some class action that says, well, you let all the boomers get away with this behavior, but you hold Gen Z accountable. So, you know, some people would call that reverse discrimination. We won't get into that today. One thing that I wanted to mention, and it's also on the Texas website, but this is just in in general regarding the federal EEOC law, is national origin. Not everybody understands what national origin means. So national origin is um you know, where somebody's ancestry may have come from, or in some cases they have maybe relocated here to work here in the United States. Be careful. Uh, make sure you're training your managers. Be careful when you're saying things like, hey, cool accent, where are you from? And then they find out they're from a country that I don't like and I don't choose to hire them. Well, boom, you are now going to be possibly accused of discrimination slash harassment based on someone's national origin. It's tricky. It's just a casual conversation, but your managers have to get educated on this. I can recall a time going back during a job interview, being asked by the interviewer, where are some places that you visited? And I listed off a whole slew of different countries. And then the interviewer specifically asked me, Hey, How did you like visiting that country 
And then they named one of the countries. I said, I was beautiful. I'd go back tomorrow if I could. As, well, pretty much I would go back to anywhere that I visited. I'll tell you that. You meet so many great people along the way. Come to find out after the fact and not getting the job that they were from a country that is militarily and politically opposed to that country that I said was very nice. So it, it, it really is a gray area and a fine line. And some of these things don't really come out for a long time. Yeah, it really, it really is. And, and it's up to you as an employer to educate your managers. Um, I have on my website a product for sale that's just a very simple list of um, questions you can't ask in an interview and then better ways or no way at all, all to ask them. But it's really like, what are you trying to get at here? What's the information you're trying to get at? Uh, one law that I wanted to, we were talking about different states, and, and I, this is in Missouri, and I found this in a couple other states too, but it says employers can't discriminate based on race, color, religion, national origin, sex, ancestry, age, 40 to 69, or disability. Ancestry. I saw another state. Yeah, ancestry as well. So, oh, you, your ancestors came from Ireland? I don't like them. I'm not going to hire you. Or that Kentucky. Your right? ancestors <laughs> came from Kentucky, and we don't like Kentucky. Well, Those questions are yeah. not, as JC mentioned before, the BFOQ, which is a bona fide occupational qualification. Those questions are not a BFOQ. They have nothing to do with the job tasks uh, the knowledge, skills, and abilities that this person is going to, you know, do if hired. So don't put them in conversations. Now, it's tough, folks, because when you're trying to get, you know, chit-chat with people, get to know them, make them feel relaxed so you can have a good interview with them, these things do come up. What I say is, hey, um, that's this is great conversation. I just want to let you know I'm not writing that down because it is illegal to ask that conversation or that question, and you brought it up. I'm, I'm glad you're comfortable bringing that up, but that's not part of our interview. And I'm not going to lie to you. Even having that conversation is incredibly weird. It's like, uh-oh, you said something that I didn't want you to tell me, and now I have to tell you that I can't write anything down about that. We do uh, so, also have to be careful with some of the questions we asked during the interview, like what's your favorite color or your favorite TV show or questions about drinking or other nighttime activities. It could be misconstrued that you're uh, discriminated against someone based on some of their answers there. I like For the sure. way you said, Wendy, don't even go down that road. Don't go down that road and, and just change the topic quickly. Don't write anything down. And then if it keeps coming up, say, hey, I just want to let you know, uh, those, those are illegal questions in an interview. And so I kind of need you to stay away from there. But what you, you know, you do want to make sure, again, always sticking to bona fide occupational qualifications. Um, you mentioned just a second ago, JC, about what's your favorite color. Well, you might find out that somebody's colorblind, and that may or may not be a disability. And now you've just, you know, entered into the disability world, which is fine. But are your managers trained to then continue on that conversation with having a reasonable accommodation? Absolutely. All the way down to airplane pilots or bus drivers, depending on what the job is, uh, if if you're assigned a mandatory retirement age as part of the uh, bona fide occupational qualification, well, it is what it is at that point. Not much you could do. One other item you want to be aware of is a uh, religious discrimination. We talked, we just mentioned it. I don't want to go into it too much because I, 
think many of you have heard a lot about this during the pandemic because it was, you know, a, a very hot topic because of uh, masks and COVID vaccines. And, you know, we had to make accommodations for people that that was against their religion, specifically the the um, the vaccine. But if you're hiring somebody and occasionally you need them to work on a Wednesday, a Saturday or Sunday, it's only occasionally. And they say, I cannot because that is the day that I attend my religious event. That's my Sabbath. You cannot say, well, you can't work here. You really have to do that interactive conversation and do everything possible to make accommodations and adjustments versus that's too difficult for me. It's going to cost me too much money. You have to make sure you're figuring out every possible reasonable accommodation before you say no. And I would even say before you say no, contact a lawyer or an HR expert that can help you with that conversation. Does that Abs make sense? Absolutely. Violations, uh, they involve a variety of fact patterns. Think about it. Refusing to hire or firing religious workers after learning their religion. Discharging workers who take leave for religious-related events. I think we were just talking about that. These are all things, you know, when, when you're thinking about retaliating against employees who requested those accommodations. Wendy, if employers are in question, I would recommend they call you. I'm telling you, you are spot on. Yeah, for sure, folks. Call me, message me. And if I don't know the answer, I'll send you to somebody who does and I'll help you find somebody because I am not an expert at all of this. I know enough to know where to find the information. With that said, we got one more session left and we will be right back. Thank you for joining the HR Empowerment Podcast brought to you by Aurora Training Advantage. We hope you've gained new insight and strategies to navigate the HR profession. We look forward to you joining us again on the HR Empowerment Podcast.